0: We are starting a new series called Mentors, and obviously, we're not just going to talk about Star Wars. In fact, most of our series is going to be based around the idea that we, as followers of Christ, are called to mentor others, to pass along our faith. Um, to be leaders and, and pass along what God is doing in our lives to others. And so through this series, we're going to look at five different stories, five different episodes of mentorship in Scripture. And, and just to tell you, today, I really am not going to spend a ton of time getting into the nitty-gritty of mentorship, but we're going to look at a story of one of the greatest leaders in Scripture, and that's, that's Moses. What do we know about Moses? Help me out here what do we know about Moses? Tell me about his story. Say that again. Very humble, yes. What happened in his story? Come on, help me out. What's that? Stuttered. Okay, he had trouble speaking, yes. Delivered the Ten Commandments. The burning bush, yeah. So, so Moses is a great leader in Scripture. And, and there, what we're gonna do today is we're gonna look at his leadership. But before we do that, I just want you to know, Megan's gonna be mad at me for this, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. But um, I want you to know that when we, when, when we preach messages, when, when you preach, the word and the stories come alive in your life. Sometimes that's because God brings conviction or teaches you something through it. Well, last night, I was sitting in my living room, and it was right before I went to bed. I decided I was just going to watch a few shows. And so I'm sitting there watching a show on TV, and and I look up, and there are two flies just circling around the light where I'm sitting. So this is not... we don't usually have an issue with flies. But if you're not familiar, I mean, part of Moses' story is that he led the Israelites out of Egypt and there were 10 plagues and one of those plagues was flies. And so last night I'm getting ready to come and preach about mentorship and all of a sudden there's two flies up in the ceiling. So I got out my lightsaber. This is the closest thing I own to a lightsaber. Any of you have one of these? It's not a tennis racket. Okay, this is a, uh, this is a like a fly swatter on steroids. So this thing, if I press this little button, you'll see that little red light light up. That means there's electricity coming through the end of this. And if you just hit a fly with this thing, it like explodes, it's the coolest thing. And so I got my little trusty lightsaber out and I became a Jedi and I started to swat these flies. So I I killed the two flies, put my fly swatter down and, uh, and sat back down and started watching a show. And all of a sudden, about five minutes later, there were three flies. I had killed the first two. There are three now, and so I get out my lightsaber and I go back to being Luke Skywalker and I'm swatting these flies. I kill three more flies, and I'm like, oh man, what's going on? At this point, I text Megan. I said, Megan, we got a problem. It seems like the flies are multiplying. I go in the kitchen, and there's like five flies flying around in our kitchen. And so, I'm not even kidding, like, over the course of a couple hours, I think I killed like 20 to 30 flies, and they were coming out of nowhere, like, I couldn't see where they were coming from, they just kept coming, and it was like I was living the plague of the flies, and I was living the Jedi life, just swatting, because there's nothing more fun than seeing them pop, right? Right? Uh, And and so scripture comes alive to us. But today we're gonna look at the story of Moses. And really, I don't wanna look as much about his mentorship of Joshua as much as I want us to get the basic concept of why we are called to mentor others, why we are called to pour our faith into others, what God is doing in us. And and so we're gonna start in Deuteronomy 34. And Deuteronomy 34, it tells us we kinda have a resume of Moses' leadership. And this is pretty incredible. So follow along with me here. This is Deuteronomy 34, verse 10. It says, Since then, this is after Moses has passed on. It says, Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power and performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of Israel. So like if we're talking about a leadership resume, if we're talking about like like, when I die, that would be a pretty cool thing to have written about you, right? We're talking about the Bible here, and it says there's, there was never another leader like Moses who knew God face-to-face, who did these awesome signs, who, who did these things that had great power behind them. And so Moses was one of the most successful and one of the most accomplished leaders in the Bible. There were not others like him. And, and so we're going to learn a little bit today about leadership, but we're also going to learn about why it's so important for us to mentor and pass along to others. So, so we're going to keep a scoreboard here of what made Moses great, and then at the end we're going to learn a few lessons. So the first thing that we see from Moses' story, we're going to look through just parts of his story. The first thing we see is that it was God that called Moses. Moses. Let me say that again. I want you to focus on those first three words because this is important. It was God that called Moses. Last week, Pastor Dale preached and he talked about provenient grace, this this idea that God is working before we ever know it in our lives, that God is moving and that God is working on our behalf. And Moses' story is a great story of God's work before Moses ever knew it. And so God had this plan, and God was working. And, and, and we'll look at Exodus chapter three. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Jumping down to verse seven. Moses, as he's leading the flock, has an experience, has an encounter with God. In verse seven, it says, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them, so now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. That's a huge calling. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go? To Pharaoh and bring the Israelites to Egypt this moment this calling what we see here Moses is just out tending his flock minding his business and he has an encounter with God and God says I've got a job for you I've got something for you to do go to Pharaoh go to Egypt and deliver my people out of bondage out of slavery And so the first thing we see is that it was not Moses who came up with this plan. It was not Moses's passion. It was not his his brilliant leader mind that made this plan for him to deliver the people. It was God that called Moses. It was God that called Moses. So we're keeping a scoreboard. God one, Moses zero. So far we've seen nothing great about Moses other than he is called by God. And so I I want us to learn from this. I want us to think about this in our own lives. Listen, none of us are here today because of our own doing. We are here because of the work of God in our lives. None of us are called to follow Christ apart from the work of God. And so it's not us, it's not our brilliance, it's not just perfect life choices that have brought you to church this morning. It's the calling and the work of the Almighty God at work in you. That's an important thing for us to understand. Sometimes I think as Christians, we can think that we have put ourselves in a place of Prosperity, or we've put ourselves in a place where, where we deserve to be here. But it's God that works. It's God that calls us. So number one, God won, Moses zero. The second thing we see, it's not just God that called Moses, but it was God that equipped Moses. So God shows up to Moses, and God says, I've got a big job for you. I want you to go. I want you to deliver the Israelites, my people, I want you to deliver them from Egypt, from Pharaoh. That's a huge calling. And Moses' reaction would be a lot like probably your reaction or my reaction. He was like, who am I? I mean, we just sang that song, right? Who am I? Who am I to go and do this great thing? I'm just Moses. Can you imagine if God showed up to you today? And said, I want you to go deliver people throughout the world that are in slavery and bondage. Can you imagine if God said, I want you to go take on the corrupt leadership. I want you to deliver my people from bondage. Moses immediately was like, you got the wrong guy. Who am I? In fact, he gets into a, a little bit of an argument with God or a, or a debate with God. He says, he says, but what, God, what if they don't listen to me? And God says, you know what, let me show you my power. And so he does two signs. He says, throw your staff on the ground. He throws the staff on the ground, it becomes a snake. And then he says, pick it up. He picks it up and it becomes a staff. And then he says, okay, now put your hand in your pocket. He puts his hand in his pocket, he takes it out and he's got leprosy on his hand. He says, put it back in, he puts it back in and, and he's healed. And so we see the power of God at work. Moses says, what if they don't listen? And God says, I've got this. Well, that wasn't enough for Moses. Because then Moses said, but I can't speak. I'm I'm not good enough of a speaker to do what you've called me to do. And God says, don't worry, I will speak for you. And then Moses, this is my favorite part of the argument because I think we've all been here before. So they're going back and forth. And Moses last thing is he says, please, please send someone else. Have you ever been there with God before? Like, God, can you please, like, tap someone else's shoulder? Can you, send some, can you ask someone else to do what you're telling me to do? And God says, I've got this. And so God shows up and God calls Moses to this, this great thing. But it's not just that God calls Moses, it's that God equips Moses. Let's look at that conversation in Exodus 4. Verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go and I will help you speak and teach you what to say. So Moses' reaction is, I can't do it. I don't have the skills. And guess what? Moses is right. He did not have the capability in his own power to do what God called him to do. But God says, I've called you. I will equip you. And so let's keep score here. We got God, two. God called, God equipped. We got Moses, zero. So far, what we've seen from the great leader Moses is that he doesn't want to do what God's called him to do. He's, he's debating. He's, he's arguing. I, I don't know about you, but um, I find myself on a regular basis feeling unequipped, feeling not adequate to do what God's called me to do whether we're talking about just living a holy and righteous life, whether we're talking about loving people perfectly, or whether we're talking about my position in ministry, I regularly find myself at a place that I feel totally inadequate. In fact, over the past seven months, we've been... uh, We've, we've had a thing called the dream team. And basically what the dream team is, is it's a group of people that, that we have taken the vision of the church, the overall vision, and we're looking at what does it look like for us to live that vision out in the next three to five years. And when we started this, I, I promise you, I stood there and I thought, I have no clue what I'm doing. Can I, can I confess that to you today? that there are a lot of times that I feel completely inadequate. I feel like I can't do what God has called me to do. But can I tell you that through the last seven months, through listening to different speakers, through reading different books, through this process that I had so little to do with, God has spoken and led us in some amazing ways. And can I tell you, it has nothing to do with me or mice kill, because the God that calls us is the God that equips us. And so if God has called you to love others perfectly, if God has called you to be holy, if God has called you into a position of leadership, God will not only call you, but God will equip you for what he's called you to do. God to Moses zero. The third thing, it was God that sustained Moses. The calling that God placed on Moses' life was difficult. There were challenge after challenge. God God called Moses to lead the Israelites who were complainers, and tons of things happened. There were time after time that, that they ran into walls, and Moses didn't know what to do, and he was stuck. But God sustained Moses because the God that calls us is the God that will equip us and is the God that will sustain us to follow through, to be who God's called us to be. Exodus Exodus chapter 33, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me lead these people but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Let me give you some context here. This is after God has performed miracle after miracle. This is after God has delivered the Israelites from Egypt. This is after Moses has seen time and time again the power and the the sustenance of God. And he says, you keep calling me to do this, but how's it gonna happen? In verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will. Will give you rest. I've got good news for you today. Whether you feel adequate for what God's called you or not, whether you feel you can do it or not, the God that calls you will equip you and will sustain you to be who He's called you to be. And so God sustained Moses. Let's go back to the scoreboard. God, three, Moses, anyone? Goose egg, a big old goose egg. If we're looking at it, so far, Moses doesn't seem like the greatest leader, does he? Moses doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like there's anything special about Moses, right? But, but let's look at some things that Moses did really well. Let's look at the parts of Moses' leadership that were, were great. There are two things that I see. Number one, he was obedient to God's will. Moses had the choice to follow or not. And even though he oftentimes struggled, even though he faltered, even though he debated and argued and said, please choose someone else, ultimately Moses was faithful and obedient to what God called him to. It was not without challenge, but but Moses was obedient. And probably the greatest example of leadership that I see in Moses' journey as towards the end of his journey. See, God calls Moses to go and lead the Israelites out of Egypt. He does it. God calls Moses to lead the Israelites through the wilderness for 40 years. And Moses does it. I mean, he's obedient to God's calling. But there was a moment that, that he faltered. And his time in leadership came to an end. And God said, you know what? That promised land that I told you about that land flowing with milk and honey, that place that that you've been journeying for all this time, you're not gonna go. I'm gonna take the people there and you don't get to go. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine if God called you to something so big to lead thousands of people over years and years and you journeyed and you did it and you got to the point right to the threshold of where you were going and God said, you know what? you're not the one that's going to go. How do you think you would react? Wow. <laughs> I, I love having you up here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Man, I'll tell you what, it says so much about who Moses is, his humility, that, that he didn't fold his arms and walk away. He didn't say, all right, God, I'm out, I'm done. I don't want anything to do with you. But Moses was faithful and obedient. Many people, many Christians, many leaders in our day get confused about what the scoreboard is. We get confused and we think that we've got three and God's got zero and we get to the place that we think this is our ministry or our faith or we have done something. But the scoreboard reads, God 3, Moses 0. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the calling of God. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God equipping you. And you wouldn't be here if God hadn't sustained you through the journey. And so a lot of people get this wrong, but Moses didn't. He understood that this wasn't about him. And he accepted it. Deuteronomy 31, verse 1. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I'm 120 years old, and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. Then down in verse 7. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Do you see Moses' attitude here? He put up with a lot. He was obedient. He walked. He journeyed. He led. He had a great track record. Even though the score is three to zero, Moses was faithful. And God says, you know what? That promised land... It's not for you to lead. And Moses says, okay, okay. But not only does Moses say, okay, he stands up in front of all Israel, and he says, I'm not the one to lead you, but Joshua is. Let me ask you a question. How would you handle that situation? I mean, if you followed Jesus all this time, if you follow God's calling, If you've been faithful, if you've been obedient and you've journeyed, let's say God called you to a great thing, I believe God's calling all of us to a great thing, which is to work for the kingdom. And you come to the place and God says, you're not gonna get the the fruits of it. Man, I hope my leadership, I hope my faith is strong enough to say, okay God, and to work for God's kingdom How could Moses do that? The reason Moses could do that is because it was never Moses' ministry in the first place. And he knew that. It was never about him. It was never about his greatness. It was never about his achievements. It was never about what he did for the kingdom. It was about the power, the calling, the equipping, the sustaining, and the power of God. And so Moses understood the most important thing I want to say to you today is this, we are called to be stewards, not owners of what God entrusts to us. This is so important. I know the word steward isn't a word we use a lot in our language, but we are called to be stewards, to be people that see God's work and and not manage it, not do anything on our own, but, but don't own it ourselves and claim it ourselves, but we know that it's God and we are stewards. We're to take care of, we're to pass along the work that God has done in us and through us. And so if God has been faithful to you, if God has called you and you've been in a relationship with God your whole life, it's God that did it. And you're not called to be an owner of that, to be selfish and hold it yourself, to be possessive, you're called to be a steward because God has done an amazing work in you. If you're in a place of leadership or ministry, it's not mine. This position, the leadership that God gives us is not ours. It's God's. And so we are called to be stewards. We are called to pass it along, not for our own glory. See, This mistake is made far too often that Christians, Christian leaders, we see it every day, become possessive and selfish of the things that God has done in their lives, but God calls us to steward the gifts that God has given us. And so Moses, the scoreboard may have been three to zero. Moses was not an eloquent guy. Moses didn't have it all figured out. He wasn't a great leader. He didn't accomplish anything on his own. It was all God and not Moses. But Moses was a faithful steward, an obedient steward of God's work, which leads us to the second thing. And this flows out of stewardship. Moses led for the big picture for the future. See, our faith, our leadership, what God is doing in our lives, and, and I, I wanna make sure that everyone understands I'm not just talking to pastors or, uh, or class teachers or, or musicians, I'm talking to every single one of us that God is at work in our lives. If you are here today, it's because God is working in your life, whether you know it or not. And you are to be a steward of what God is doing in your life and through your life. And so Moses was not just an obedient steward, but he led for the future. See, when God came to him and he said, Moses, you're not gonna go to the promised land. They weren't stuck. They weren't in big trouble. Why were they not in big trouble? Because Moses knew it wasn't about him. And long before that moment, Moses started pouring in to others what God was doing. And so Joshua, has already been trained. Joshua is ready to step in and lead the people. Moses saw the potential in Joshua. Moses gave him responsibility. Moses set the example for him. He empowered him. And when God said, you're not gonna go, my reaction would have probably been frustration. But Moses said, okay, Joshua, you're the guy. And guess what? God is with you, God walks with you every single day. This is huge. As Christians, as leaders, as those called by God, those equipped by God, those sustained by God, we have to lead for the future and for the kingdom. What we're doing here today is not just about you and me. It's about building the kingdom and I've said this a hundred times up here. If it's about us, it's going to end with us. We are called to steward the work of God and to pass it along to others so that the kingdom will be built so that if tomorrow our time is up, God's kingdom and God's work will still go. A few weeks ago, we had camp meeting. Um, camp meeting is a thing where the district comes together at the campground and we have services, and I went on Wednesday night, and Eli came with me, and the whole service, as I listened to the message, I just kept looking at Eli, and thinking about how important it is how important it is that he knows God's love and faithfulness. I don't want the faith of our family to die with us. I want my children and my grandchildren to know Jesus. I want them to be working for the kingdom. And I got good news. Friday night of camp meeting, we had our NYI service, our teen service, and some of our teens from this church led worship that night and did an amazing job. And at the end of that service, there was an altar call where the the preacher said, if you're willing to say yes, come down to the front. And guess what? Almost all of our teens were down there saying yes. We have the responsibility and the opportunity to steward the work that God is doing in us by passing it along to those that will come after us. I wanna be faithful. If the work of God's gonna continue in our church, in our families, in the kingdom, we have to be willing to pass our faith to mentor those that will come after us. So here's the question today. If your time was called on today. If you were at the end of your journey today, would the journey continue with others that you've poured into? Would your family continue the journey with those that you've impacted, those you work with, those here in the church? If you're in a position of leadership, if you had to stop that position tomorrow, who is it that would take up after you? Who have you been pouring into? because God's work in our lives is not just about us, it's about the building of the kingdom and we are called to pass it along to others. And so as the worship team comes, we're gonna sing a last song, but really what I want you to do over the next week, I know we didn't get into the nitty gritty of what mentorship is all about and how it works, but, but I want you to understand that the scoreboard is all God and nothing us. And that God has called us and we are called to be faithful stewards of the awesome power and work that God does in our lives. And so I want to ask you to be in prayer and say, God, who do you want me to pour into? Who can I mentor? How can I pass the faith, the work that you've done in my life off to somebody else? And let's be faithful and obedient. We're not all gonna be Moses. We're not all gonna have that written about us. But my prayer is that each and every one of us will be faithful to steward the work of God in our lives. Father, we love you today. I thank you that you call. I thank you that despite all of my weaknesses and failures, I thank you that that even though I bring very little to the table, Lord, that you call and you equip and you sustain. And so, Father, we love you. I pray that each person today will understand the work that you're doing in their lives and will understand the importance of being faithful and passing it along to others. We love you, Jesus. Amen.